Let's go to the word of God. Second Kings chapter 20. And I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 6. Tonight I'll be using the NIV version. Second Kings chapter 20 verse 1 through verse 6. And when you have it, I want you to stand for the reading of God's word. And signify by saying, I have the bread. In those days... Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah, in response to what he heard, turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly before Isaiah had left the middle court the word of the Lord came to him. Go back. All right. Mm. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord, hmm, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer. And sing your tears. I will heal you. Mm. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city. Look at somebody shout, and the city. From the hand of the king of Assyria, I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant, David. And all of God's people said, Amen. I'm going to let you sit down. Go ahead and sit down and tell the person on your way to your seat. Tell them God changed his mind. God changed his mind before I get started I would like to already address the pro problematic argumentation expulsation of the context of my topic God changing his mind well I would first like to acknowledge that God is God. There are some who study religions, study the world religions, alongside with psychology on the backdrop of culture, have determined and surmised that the existence of God or any deity is produced out of people believing in them. Existence of Yahweh or Buddha or any 
deity is only in existence because someone believes in them. But I want to live to you that God doesn't need us to exist. Whether we believe in him or not, God is God. We don't make God. It is he that have made us. Come on, help me. And not we ourselves. We are his people. Come on. And the sheep of his pastors. And that's why we enter into his gates. With thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We're thankful unto him. And we bless his name. Why? Because the God we serve, he's good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth to all generations. Tell your neighbor, I didn't make God. I've struggled at times with the existence of God. But even in the midst of my struggle, God never ceased to be, be God. And so I acknowledge that whether or not we pray to him, he's God outside of human effort. He's omniscient. All-knowing. But when we read scriptures in the Bible, it seems that although he's all-knowing, that it's presented to us in moments as though he doesn't know. It's the vastness of God. It's, it's complicated only to us. Because the, the prophet says, who can know the mind of God? That all-knowing God has the ability to choose to forget. Yes. That he can be God knowing all things and choosing to know nothing all at the same time. To the point, he says, when someone comes to me, with their sin. Hallelujah. I have the ability to take their sin. And throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. And remember it no more. Only God can be all knowing. And choose to have amnesia. Woo. My God. Only God. When we say he's omnipresent. We always say he's omnipresent. Means he's everywhere at the same time but I want to lift to you his omnipresence is not just limited to geography his omnipresence goes beyond just geography his omnipresence because he's eternal his essence and existence spans across time if we're in a parade going down Main Street, the person in the front of the parade will reach Texas in before the person behind at the end of the parade. So when you say God is everywhere at the same time, you have to realize he's also in all times at the same time. Because who's in the front geographically, they get to Rivermont at 8.03. 
when the person at the back of the parade won't get to Rivermont to 813. But because God is omnipresent, not only is he at Rivermont and 9th Street, but he's also at the 803 and the 813. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. So why are you trying to figure it out? God is already at the end of it when it already figured out and worked out. And at the same time, he's walking you through the process while you're dealing with your anxiousness. Somebody shout, God. Now, I understand that some of the things I've said, you've got to go back and look at it on YouTube to either debate it or to question it or just try to understand it. Hear me. Hear me. After all I've said to you concerning God, and I'm supposed to be a person of the episcopacy, a bishop, that means I'm supposed to be learned when it comes to the scriptures. I should be a student and a scholar of the word of God. But once, even after I have presented this dissertation about the expensiveness of God, I still scratch my head. I still got questions. But to those who doubt, questions only speak to your doubt. But to those who believe, questions cause you to worship. I can't wrap my mind totally around him. It's like a holy moat between me and God. He's my best friend and a mystery. He's my savior whoo, and my Lord. Hallelujah. He serves my purpose. Huh. And he's the king and I serve in his dominion. Who wouldn't serve a God like this where heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool and I'm still trying to figure out where will heaven be if to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord when he's everywhere. My God, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find his location when he's Jehovah Shammah. He's right here. Oh God, I want to go to Jerusalem to feel close to him. Hallelujah. But I can stand in the midst of my shower and feel his presence just as strong. I need you to tell somebody, God, 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 God. Not at the beginning God created. In the beginning. Because if God is eternal and there's no night and day formed yet, the first verse cannot say at. Because at means an indication of time. And God is eternal that stepped out of eternity and created time for us to exist in. And the world is in his hands. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, and your world is in his hand. Come on, look at the person. Come on, tell him your world is in his hands. Come on, look at and look, look at him and say this. Tell him, and your times are in his hands. Don't say your time. Come on, say your times are in God's hands. That means your past. I need somebody to praise him right there. 
is in his hand. I'm going to give you another way to uh, opportunity to praise him. Your present is in God. Whatever you're facing right now, it's in God's hands. All your time. And I'm going to give you one more opportunity to praise him. Your future. My God. Some of you have been rolling and can't sleep because you're worried about the future. But I need you to run over to somebody and tell them your times are in God's hands. That means there's nothing that's taking God by surprise. There's nothing about you that God is shocked by there's nothing about you that God is disappointed by because in order for him to be disappointed it means he didn't know and there's nothing that God doesn't know and because God already knew he went before you and then came back and walked with you somebody scream God so that was my establishment any potential debate as I go forward that the Bible tells us that although God is almighty that God created man hear me for relationship now, I feel like David. What is man? Okay. Maybe when I think about it, I'm not talking about mankind. I'm talking about me. What is this man that you're even mindful? Why would you waste time with me? See, so we need to know this because some of you, when we talk about purpose and destiny, you see it for everybody else. But when it comes to you, oftentimes we devalued ourselves to be some random person in a sea and a population of people with whether I live or die, it doesn't matter. Whether I show up or not, I don't really count. But I come to shut down the voice of the enemy that's been whispering in your ear. Let me tell you something. There are no extra people in this world. He says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, before your parents ever came together, I formed you in your mother's womb. I ordained you. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am the doing of God. I am God's craftsmanship. I'm nobody's accident. My parents may not have planned me, but God purposed for me. Hallelujah. I could have died in my mother's womb. People sleep together all the time and nothing is produced. So if I made it, my God, if I made it through nine months and some of you six months and some of you seven months, if I made it with the cord wrapped around my necks and I still came out and, and able to talk and able to move, evidently God has something in store for me. I need you to scream at somebody and tell them you're important to God. You're important. I said screaming and y'all talk, y'all say that. Tell them you, I need you to scream louder than the person's doubts. I need you to scream louder than the person's insecurity and self You, yes you. Tell somebody, yes you. You are not just used by God. You are loved by God. Lay hands on somebody tell them you are wanted. You are wanted. You've always been loved and my prayer is that you will feel it. people 
honest with God. So you don't get to sit by the roadway and say, well, whatever God wants. There are some things in God's sovereignty that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, it's going to happen. But don't you get lazy and sloppy with that because without rightly discerning the word of God, you'll miss out on the fact that some of the declarations of God in scripture concerning Israel and even concerning our lives are declarations that are that have uh, conditions and declarations that are non-conditional. In other words, there's some things God said, I'm going to do whether you want it whether you like it, whether you respond to it or not, I'm going to do it. So don't get sloppy in your living thinking, well, it's going to happen no matter what. And God going to do whatever he wants to do. No, we are partners with God. That even when the angel of the Lord came to Maria, came to Mary and said, this is going to happen to you. Hallelujah. It didn't start activating until she said, be it unto me. And I come to prophesy to somebody in this room and I want to get in your chest and tell you it ain't going to work for you until you come in agreement with it. The word has gone out and the Bible says when the farmer went out and he threw out seeds, some seed went on among thorns and some fell on stony ground and some fell on good ground. All of us, no matter how you fix yourself up, all of us ain't none but dirt. I tell you, look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you are dressed up piece of dirt. Oh, he loved you. Oh, he loves you, but ain't nothing but dirt. All this is going back to the ground. But my question is, what kind of dirt are you? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. What kind of dirt are you conducive for the seed that God? I'm preaching this word, and some of y'all sitting in here like you have no idea what I'm talking about. But I want to ask you, ask it ever, what kind of dirt are you? I need this seed. I need this word because man should not live by bread alone. But every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So you got to partner with him. You got to partner with him. He says, I even stand at the door and knock. He says, if you let me, I'll come in. But I'm not kicking no door down. We're partners. So that means we have the ability as children of God in our sonship as the bride in relationship to woo God. You can't make him, but you can't usher him. See, I'm trying to tell you. See, something blessed me the other day because we were planning to go to Israel. And I asked your husband, because I wanted to talk to your husband, I wanted to do it in order I wanted you to go to Israel, but I needed to consult your husband because that's order. And I said, are you open to your wife going to Israel to sing? And he said, yeah. He says, I would like to go with her. But even if I can't go, I'm going to make sure she goes because she's been good to me. 
Woo. Woo. Because she's in this last season, she's made sacrifices for me. So whatever she wants, I come to tell somebody, you can't force God to do nothing. But you can serve him in such a way. I'm sorry y'all I feel like running around this building I said you can serve him in such a way that you can make your request known hallelujah he says if you delight yourself in the Lord he will give you the desires of your heart oh my God so so how is it then, how is it that my interaction with an almighty God calls him to change his mind? Because in comparison to God, I'm a very small, minute piece. But I watched that huge cruise ship with 4,000 people maneuver out of the port of Nassau, Bahamas. And the reason why that huge ship was able to maneuver, not because something the size of the ship was being turned, but a small thing was able to shift the direction of a big thing. Hallelujah. Whew. Some of you are dealing with a large situation. Hallelujah. And you're being overwhelmed by the size of your predicament. But God says something as small as your praise. Whew. Something as small as your service. Something as small as your prayer life. This is why we look in the scripture and we see all throughout the book of Acts in the early church, as soon as someone was baptized in the Holy Ghost, it came with a sign of speaking with tongues, which becomes very controversial for us in Christendom. It seems like they weren't all speaking evangelistic. Some of them were. Some of them were speaking with languages, the Bible says, of angels, like heavenly languages. But why tongues? Because in the book of Genesis, tongues were used as confusion and division. So why then, here in the new covenant, when the Holy Ghost comes... Not just among the Jews, but even the Gentiles in Cornelius' house. And in the upper coasts of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. Among disciples who were students of John. That they would all be start speaking in other languages. First, yes, I believe in the fruit. But we didn't get a chance to see the fruit yet because they started speaking. Fruit takes time to develop. But a sign can be posted immediately. So I'm trying to figure out why was the sign of tongues posted? Well, maybe we see a little inclination of the understanding of God's mind in the book of James. 
James begins to acknowledge the size of a beast like a horse. And if you never rode a horse before, they can be very intimidating. You walk up on it, their head is big, their body is big. How can I control this horse? It's because before you even get on it good, you must grab a hold to the reins of the horse. And don't get mistaken, because how the reins flap down, you would think the reins is going around the neck of the horse, but it's not. The reins is in the bit, and the bit is in the mouth. And James says, there is a part of your body that's full of deadly poison. It's your tongue. But he says, if any man can control the tongue, you can control the life. And that's why one of the first things the Holy Ghost wants to get a hold of when it gets in you is your mouth. Because your mouth can either speak life or it can speak death. Huh? But I come to tell you something as simple as you using your voice can shift the trajectory of something big. So how can you change the mind of God? I'll close now. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 is a statement but is is as condition it's a conditional statement how do i know this is conditional come on y'all rightly divide the word how do we know what's how does the sentence start if many of us are, are, are saying it doesn't work and we haven't met the condition it's almost like somebody trying to sue the lab somebody trying to sue coach williams because i ain't lost no weight I haven't built any muscle mass. And you told them all you did was pay for the class, but you never showed up for it. It doesn't work if you don't show up. If my people who are called by my name, how can you shift the mind of God? Number one, humility. I, I know, yeah, that wasn't a hallelujah. Hear me? That's a key. Because you can do all the right stuff with the wrong motives and still not get the, in the desired results. Humble yourself. As a matter of fact, I have learned that there are many people who have great resources, not just money, but even information, that they would spend their time and energy to help you if you were humble. Some of us are too arrogant to receive. When you get in a room with people who have more information than you do, never try to compete with somebody you should be learning from. Humility. In other words, a humble person don't mind acknowledging that they were wrong. And if you ever expect to maneuver the direction of God in your life you got to approach God with humility and some of us cannot receive from God because instead of coming to God in humility we are constantly coming to God with accusations 
We blame everything on God that went wrong and acknowledge him for anything that went right. Where was God? Where was God? Well, he was in the same place that you left him and he still blessed you. Tell your neighbor, stay humble. Now, I heard people say, Lord, if I get too humble, humble me. I don't pray that prayer. The Bible says humble yourselves. I've watched God humble people. Hallelujah. Humility grabs the heart of God. The Bible says he gives grace to those who are humble. Humble themselves and what? And pray. Prayer. So this is what happens. People who don't pray are people who don't see the value in it. I'm serious. We're living in an hour, a church culture hour, where people have prayer ministries without a prayer life. They like to be heard praying. They like to be seen praying. But what does your prayer life look like in private? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Do your children ever walk in on you praying? Do you ever have to return a phone call and says, I apologize, I was praying? Or are you always willing to interrupt what you call praying for another conversation that you value more? People who don't pray is because they don't see the value in it. Mm. The Bible says, he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When I was growing up in church, at the end of their testimony, I was sharing with some of the college students how testimony used to go in the classical Pentecostal church. But they would say at the end of that testimony, all of you that know the worth of prayer, pray my strength in the Lord. Because everybody don't see the worth of it. Everybody don't see the value in it. Some people are not convinced that prayer changes things. And I don't want to bother you because we need to prepare for communion. But if you know that prayer changes things, I just tell you to jump on your feet and shout, I know what prayer would do. I am a recipient of prayer. Mm. I've experienced the power of prayer and prayer hasn't always changed my situations but prayer has kept me from going crazy I know the power of prayer y'all be seated we'll stand up and dismiss seek my face and turn from their wicked ways Mm. I'm going to say something and I want you to stick with me because I don't believe in saying things controversial for the sake of controversy some preachers here now I'm saying they just want to go viral say they just say crazy things I don't want to distract anything from the gospel I want everything to be focused on Jesus but I'm going to say this and it may sound a little awkward at first but I'll unpack it repentance calls God to repent Repentance will cause God to repent. Now, every time we talk about the word repentance, we define it as 
pulling away from sin. But the definition of repentance goes deeper than turning from sin. Because many of us are trying to turn from sin, but we always end back in sin. Because turning away from sin without the changing of your mind means it's just behavior modification. And if your body has been bent one direction so long, it'll automatically fall back to a default posture without you even looking for it. Anybody ever fell back into sin and you were mad because it didn't even make sense? I didn't even feel a strong, it won't even, it won't even an urge anymore. But I went back to it because it's what my body knows. I got to read, I have to read establish a new thought pattern because my old thought pattern says when I get stressed I smoke my old thought pattern says when I get frustrated I fornicate y'all not saying that to me here my old thought pattern says when I get lonely I go back to pornography and when God delivers you it's important that you don't just change your behavior but you repent and repentance is not just changing your behavior but it's changing your mind it's re I need you to tell somebody I'm rethinking some things some things I thought I needed I'm reconsidering maybe I don't need it some people I thought I could live without I'm reconsidering maybe I'll do better without them so your repentance can cause God to repent the scripture even says that God repented for making man. <laughs> Jonah, go down to Nineveh. I'm going to destroy them. Jonah didn't want to go. He didn't want to go to the point he was willing to die than obey. What is it about you that you would rather reject the goodness of God just so you can do your own thing? The Bible says he was like, oh, it's me. The reason y'all in the storm, just throw me, just throw me overboard. You know why, Kobe? Because we're not willing to be, not only willing, we don't desire it. And many of us are not willing to be publicly broken for God's will. Whatever you want to do with my life, Lord, this, this, or this, but not that. See, when we get ready for communion tonight, Jesus took bread. He blessed it and he gave it. What? Oh, okay. Y'all been paying attention. Jesus took bread. He blessed it and he gave. No, 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 no. Jesus took bread. He blessed it. Then he broke it. Then he gave it. And we don't have an issue with the blessing. And we may be willing to go. But we don't want to be broken. Why y'all looking at me like that? I need y'all to talk to me, deacons. Come on. Come on. I love God, but what is it going to cost me? I, I, I want to serve God. I'm willing to go. But what is the breaking going to be like? 
And so this is Jonah's issue. Because Jonah finally goes after he submits to God. And what happens? He tells them what God says. And the people repented. And when the people repented, God repented. God said, I changed my mind. And I need you to, I need you to get this. Because some people are waiting for judgment to hit you. There's some people who are waiting for you to fail. They're waiting for you to be a disaster. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And some of you in this room, we know what we deserve. But I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor what they didn't calculate. Is that God has permission to change his mind. My God, I know you're sitting back uh, waiting for my house to fall and collapse, waiting for my marriage to be destroyed. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, psych, uh, God changed his mind. You heard what I did, uh, but you didn't see me repent. uh, Because when you bend your knees and you call on the name of the Lord, oh my God, the Bible says them that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I need you to look at somebody and tell them, yes, I did what you said I did. I tell them, I know what you heard, but there's one thing you didn't see. I repented. I repented. No. I repented. I repented. I repented. I repented. Hallelujah. I repented. I need you to touch two people tell them, repent quickly. Repent quick. I'm, I'm going to give y'all this last scripture. Isaiah chapter 48 verse number 9. This is for all of you individuals who keep your arms folded and you analyze the praise of the people around you. And you wonder, does it really take all of that? I mean... Do you really got to run around the church? Do y'all really got to keep running up there dancing? Hallelujah. I mean, really, does it take, do you got to be that loud? Well, maybe you think my dance is an expression of some great spiritual accomplishment. And sometimes I praise him because he gave me a victory. I praise him because I got an increase. I praise him because he blessed me with a car. I praise him for all of that stuff. But that's another hard praise I give him. That when you know you deserve punishment, I need some some real praises in here. Weezy, don't y'all leave me out here by myself. I need y'all to talk to me in here. When you know you deserve judgment, when you know that God could have cut you off, he says, for my name's sake, I will defer my anger. And for my praise, I'll hold back off of you. 
see we keep shouting about God's grace and we should praise him for his grace but there are moments we need to praise him for his mercy because his grace is what he gave us that we didn't deserve but his mercy is what he held back off of us that we should have received so I want you to take 10 seconds in here and praise God for sparing you praise him for the times he said don't do and you still did praise him for the times he warned you you praise him for the judgment he kept off of you the wages of sin is death but the gift of God I said but the gift of God is eternal life he said I'll do it for my name's sake I'll do it because you praise me when I was growing up in church they used to say if you were at the party don't come to church and praise God they used to say if you were drinking don't sing in the choir they said if you were fornicating sit in the back and you better not move your feet but I want to tell you the opposite if God spared you one more time if God kept you one more time let the I was a backslider but tell your neighbor the reason why I praise him the reason why I bless him cause he bought me back he bought me back he spared me one more day he spared me one more opportunity that's why I don't ask permission can I praise God because I praise him for what you don't know about I could have been dead I should have been dead six feet under with a tombstone on the top ground with an expiration date not knowing the status of my soul he could have came while I waited but he waited while I came pull on somebody and said somebody he gave me a chance to come back he gave me a chance to return he gave me a chance and I may not be where I should be but I thank God I'm not where I used to be please be patient with me please be patient with me be patient with me he ain't through tell your neighbor 
praise him because he kept me. I praise him because he spared me. I praise him because he could have cut me off. I praise him because it would have been different. But I praise him because he said, if you praise me, I'll hold back my judgment. If you praise me, I'll keep your marriage. If you praise me, I'll keep your children. If you praise me, you sowed bad seeds. But if you praise me, I'll call for crop failure. If you praise me. Somebody open up your mouth and pray. Somebody open up your mouth and pray. Somebody open up your Come on, praise the voice, mercy. Praise the voice, mercy. Praise the voice, mercy. Praise the voice, mercy. You could have died in that accident. Praise the voice, mercy. And Hezekiah is sick. And the prophet shows up. Could you imagine if you've been ill and deathly ill and the prophet shows up? You would probably have some good expectation. Prophet Isaiah, eagle eye. The one that prophesied about the Messiah. For unto us a child is born and a son is given. Isaiah just showed up to the house. And the king like, okay, what you got to say? God says, set your house in order. For you will surely die and you will not recover. This is why real prophets, you have to gauge their position. Because you don't always get to choose your prophetic word. You're just a messenger. God said, Hezekiah, you're going to die. And when Isaiah dropped off the mail, he leaves. Because a prophet is just a mailman. But imagine Hezekiah is left with this word and this promise of death from God. Let me ask y'all a question. Does anybody know what that, when bad news comes, you know that feeling right in here? That fear of something hitting the fan? It it comes right in here. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Something enough to give you anxiety and make you feel like you're going to have a heart attack. All in here. The psalmist says, when my heart is overwhelmed, oh, lead me. Anybody in here know what it is to have to feel your way to God? Have you ever fell down by your bed and didn't have words? Just, oh, God. Oh, God. Zechariah 
to the wall. I wonder why the wall. Sometimes we find spaces where we can't be distracted. It's why we take prayer shawls and we wrap them on our heads. It, it blocks us in from our peripheral. <laughs> Maybe he put his head to his face toward the wall so his servants couldn't see the tears. No distractions. Or maybe he created a space for God. Because according to Second Chronicles, when the temple was completed, the Lord says, my eyes and my ears will be here perpetually forever. And it's why in Jerusalem to this day, Jews get on what they call the wailing wall or the western wall. They put prayers in the cracks. It says God's eyes are here. God's ears are here. Don't abandon the place of prayer. Especially in moments where you need him. Because there are moments where we really need him and we instead of running to him, we run away from him. But the Bible says Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he had something to say. He says, Lord, he didn't say I was perfect, but he said, Lord, I've been faithful to you. I've served you. And the Bible says he wept bitterly. And God said nothing to Hezekiah. Isaiah's walking through the court and the Lord said turn around I changed my mind go tell him I heard him I want to tell somebody don't stop praying the Lord is not don't stop praying he'll hear your cry the Lord has promised and his word is true don't stop praying he'll answer you tell Hezekiah I changed my mind he gonna live tell him I'm gonna add 15 years to his life I, I want you to lift your hands in this room and just believe that God has given you time. Come on. All over this room, I'm not going to give you a script. I'm not going to put no words on the screen. But I just want you to worship him right now for his grace and his mercy. Come on, fill the room with him. Come on. Come on over here. Fill the room with him. Feel, feel the room. Do you have anything you can give? Lord, I've served you. I haven't did everything right, but Lord, I've served you. Let it come up before you as a memorial. Lord, I've desired to do right by you. I've tried to walk out the assignment you've given me. 
Come on, let your worship go up before him as incense. Come on, as incense, as incense. Hey, my heart is for you, God. My heart is for you, God. My heart is for you, God. I made some mistakes. I did my own thing. I went my own way. But if you can find something that I've done and something that I've done in the past, something that I did right, spare me. Spare my ministry. Spare my, my marriage. Spare my children. Spare my assignment. Come on. Because when the righteous cry, maybe you've been in so much condemnation that you don't realize that God has just been waiting to hear from you. God has been waiting. God said, I'll change my mind if you open your mouth. I'll change my mind if you ask me. I'll change my mind if you call out to me. He says, call unto me. And I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things thou knowest not. Hey, you worship, he said, I'll stretch your years. I'll stretch your years. Joshua prayed and God held the sun still for a whole day. And somebody right now, if you just open up your heart and open up your mouth and with the fruit of your lips, God says, I'll give you time to complete your assignment. Worship him. Go ahead and worship him. Go ahead and worship Bishop S.Y. Younger, thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.